Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. <laughs> This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Happy Thursday, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Gordon uh, dealing with a thing or two. He'll be along here in a little bit, so uh, we will talk to Gordon. I don't. I. I don't know. It was. It was something super secret. And, it happens uh, to all of us, Jake. Gordon just said, "Hey, I'm going to need a few minutes. Can you hold down the first part of the show?" And I said, uh, "Absolutely." So uh, I don't know if we want to uh, speculate as to what uh, what Gordon's up to. We could, but we'll hold down the first part of the show. We will hold down the first part of the show. That of we'll course will choke back our tears. That, of course, is Austin Horton. Uh, And hold back the butterflies in our tummies while we wait for his present. Austin, of course, you can hear from 10 to noon alongside Tony Parks every day right here on the Zone Radio Network. Except for one day this week when I was predisposed. Yeah, you had had an interesting day. Although, honestly, when you said it was the flu, I thought uh, you might be down for a couple of days. I'm impressed you've uh, you've bounced back pretty well. You seem your, your normal upbeat self. As one of those twenty-four hour things, and it was almost exactly twenty-four hours. Really? Yeah, you're a lucky guy. And I, and it, you know me, I was looking at the clock, waiting for those twenty-four hours because that's what they told me was it'll be twenty-four hours. And I was like, if it's twenty-four hours and five minutes, someone's gonna roll. Heads are going yes. to roll. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know that's roll. Yeah. That's a funny, yeah. you funny bit you guys still do are, are doing oh, hilarious. on that show <laughs> because now anytime anybody, I'm not even kidding, anybody says the word roll, that's exactly what I think. Roll. Roll. I mean, uh, who was it? It might have even been on your show where you guys were talking about Derek Favors and the pick and roll and that's all, roll. That's all I'm hearing. Yeah. You know, he really Every, can roll to the rim. It's the same because we're talking about a lot of roll players that the Jazz need to go find <laughs> these days. You know, when I'm sitting at the dinner table, I, I say, hey, could you pass me a roll? And roll. That's all I hear, yeah. Alabama this season, are they going to roll tied or is it going to be Clemson? Again? I don't know. But you know what I am learning about the, in this segment is that we say the word roll quite a bit. We do. That's a, that's uh, a frequently used word. Yeah. It is. We say yeah a lot, too. What's the other one? Uh, it, the I, I hear tell me more a lot, too. Tell me more. We've started using uh, a Gordon, tell me more. Have you really? Zone. Yeah. Because he said it the other day with such enthusiasm. So now we use that. Ah, uh, the movie zone. Tonight at 7 o'clock. In fact, should we do a, do a preview of the poll question? I like, I like the poll question this week. So we kind of, we have a full show this week. And so we thought, oh, we're going to just need a, a little short poll question. Because uh-huh. it's important to have the listeners engaged in the movie zone. Of course. Week. So we didn't want to not have a poll question. So we threw one out there thinking, oh, we'll get six or seven responses. We got almost 50 in like 10 minutes. It's a good question. I, I, I like this week's poll question. It's a good question. So the question is, what one band would you most like to see a movie be made about? Well, the answer is obvious, right? 
Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I'm sorry, the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. I was going to go with the Osmonds, but uh, the, oh. the wait, what's the new name of it? I'm sorry, I really don't know. I'm, I'm the the choir. So they call them the Tabcats because it's the Tabernacle choir. choir at Temple Square. Okay. I can remember tab cats. Tab cats. I can, I can yeah. go with it. So instead of Motab, we have the tab cats. Yes, it sounds like a jazz band. Really. It's kind of snappy. I yeah. was about to say, yeah, it does. It's got a chubby checkers and the tab cats got a, this Friday at the lounge. A snappy little ring to it. Um, man, there's so many. There, there could be so many great answers to that, right? Uh, Led Zeppelin was be it would be pretty amazing, and I don't think they have a movie about them yet, right? I don't believe the Rolling movie. Stones. See, there's that word again. Roll. I, I didn't even do that on purpose. The Rolling Stones, would they, who just recently had a Netflix movie that was based on a memoir? It wasn't, was it The Rolling Stones or was it, uh, uh, what was, uh, oh, Motley Crue. It was about Motley Crue. Which I have read that book, and so I want to, I want to see that movie. Is it called Dirt? What's it called? I yeah. Can't yeah, uh-huh. something like that. You know what was cool about that book? Not to get off in, hey, we can get off onto tangents when Gordon's not here, too. What do you know? Uh, the the cool thing about that Motley Crue book is they they all wrote it separately when they were not together as a band when they were all like fighting you know what I mean but they all of course need uh, money so they they wrote this book so all the stories are they're they're like different versions of all the the stories from the different <laughs> angles like the same it's stories like the Gospels of the New Testament exactly <laughs> it's yeah the that's same exactly. story but from a different viewpoint from a different perspective really. That's interesting. It was interesting. It made it made the book uh, it made the book actually really really good. And the the uh, the the bass player, what's his name, Mick Mars, I believe. I don't know. Anyway, he is definitely the the sanest of them all. So I always thought that his version of the story was probably the pre, uh, the the closest to the truth, if you know what I'm saying. Nikki Six. Oh, Nikki Six is the bass player. What is uh, Mick, uh, the guitar player, Mick Mars? The one, sure. who, the one who nobody knows. The one who's yeah, not Mick Mars. Yeah, yes, yeah, of course. And then there's Vince Neil and Tommy Lee. Right. The one who's the other guy. Right. Yeah, which Mick which, Mars? Which one, Vince Neil or Tommy Lee? Do you think was the least accurate? Because it's one or the other. No, I don't uh, know. maybe no, no, Nikki no. Six may have done it too. I don't know. Nikki Six was the most. Um, I mean, they were all intoxicated, right, on various substances. But I think I think Nikki might have been the, the the most gone. The most gone. Yeah. His his version of the story was the the shortest and most incomplete. You know what I mean? It resembled fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, right. Okay. A little bit of a little bit of that. Yeah. So a lot of bats flying around. A lot of bats. But no, Mick Mars. His his version of the story is I I always thought I was like this is probably more likely how it happened. But that but that was a cool part of that book as it was written from all these uh, different perspectives that could have been accurate or could have been uh, you know. Wives' tales or whatever. How did we get here? Oh, the well, poll question yeah. for the. <laughs> for well, the other day when I misspoke about Sills and Crofts and was talking about Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, right? And David Crosby just made a movie about their breakup back in the day that ran at Sundance recently. I hear that's really good. I'd go see a movie about that. And it, it's actually it comes back and at the end he talks about how much regret he has that he lost a lot of friendships that were the dearest to him in his life and hmm. sad stuff. But uh, bands, I, I don't know that there'd be a lot of family-friendly movies that are made about bands. Well, that's why I suggested The Osmonds. You could make that PG, right? <laughs> yeah, well, 
I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't done too much research in the Osmonds, but I've been, I think there's been a few reports that it wasn't always paradise. Is the there Osmond some controversy? Hmm. I had no idea. I just assumed it was. I don't know. I don't know if controversy, but I know it wasn't always as picture perfect. sailing. Mm-hmm. What family is really? That's a good point. But or, this one that's coming out this week, yesterday, not really about the Beatles, but it's central centered around the Beatles' existence. It's really good. Yeah, it sounds like a cool movie. I bet you could make the uh, the movie about the Tab Cats. I bet you that you could get that PG or under. It'd be close. Yeah, I don't know. I bet you get that PG yeah. or under for you. Uh, depending on uh, you know, did they ever have a conductor who had some salty language or something? I bet you could you could probably get it to <laughs> sure. to G. If flip guys. <laughs> All right, movie zone tonight, seven o'clock. Austin Horton, Adrian Lizer. You can also catch it on Saturday and Sunday mornings as well. All right, we do have a lot to do today. There's a lot of NBA news out there. We'll talk about uh, Derek Favors and his future with the Jazz coming up here momentarily, but also everybody's mad at the Wizards today. We'll explain why. There are a bunch of rumors out there. Donovan himself participating in the free agency rumor mill, so we uh, we will talk about that. Jay Drew is going to be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. He covers BYU for the Salt Lake Tribune. We'll ask him about what's going on with the AAC. Also, we haven't talked to Jay since Media Day, so we'll get his, his takeaways from BYU Media Day going into the new football season. So looking forward to talking to Jay at the top of the four o'clock hour. And yes, Gordon should, we're, we're hoping, be here by then. So let's talk an hour of sports before Gordon gets here. And we get diverted into cheese or whatever <laughs> else is on top Look of Gordon. Look at us calling the kettle black today. Yeah, that's and true. It's 3.15. And- Just talked about <laughs> Motley Crue's book for five minutes. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get to it. It's time for the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the Zone Sports Network. I've been here eight years now. So um I'm pretty used to it. Um you know, I've been with this organization, I've seen guys come and go. You know, um even with the training staff, coaching staff, I've seen guys come and go, so I feel like I, I have seniority now over a lot of people here. So um I I'm enjoying that. And um, with this system, I think, you know, Coach put in a real good system. You know, um, it's more passing than any other team because a lot of teams do isolation. We don't do that much isolation unless, you know, Donovan has it going. Mm-hmm. Um, ball movement, team chemistry, um, our defensive system is good. So it's a place that I'm comfortable with. Um, I believe in the system. I believe in Coach. I believe in Dennis. And um, those are one of the reasons why I love it here. All right, that was Derek Favors, and uh, Derek has been in the news a little bit. We talked about it. it, uh, This came out from Sham Sharania toward the end of the show yesterday, uh, that Derek is going to approach uh, this offseason or, you know, the free agency period as if he were an unrestricted free agent. So he's going to be talking to teams and seeing what's out there. And, uh, you know, since the Jazz, whether or not they pick up his option, is is out of his control, he's going to behave as if he were an unrestricted free agent. And uh, Shams uh, seems to think that uh, Derek is going to have a lot of suitors out there interested in his services, uh, also echoed by Dan Devine, who wrote a piece uh, that Derek was included on, uh, or included in, excuse me, for The Ringer. And Dan was on with uh, Tony and Austin earlier today. You can go to 1280thezone.com and give that interview a listen. Dan uh, Dan is always 
very good. So uh, I I think everybody kind of assumed that, right, that Derek does. He's going to have some value out there on the open market, and he's going to explore that uh, value and see what's out there and then uh, wait on the Jazz to make their decision on, on Derek's future, which actually, depending on how quickly the Jazz move during free agency, Derek might have his answer day one or two, right? I mean, if... Um, if the Jazz are truly in play for, say, Tobias Harris, right? I mean, those upper echelon free agents, the news is the the dominoes are going to fall pretty quickly. And if all of a sudden the Jazz sign Tobias Harris, then Derek probably can say, well, time for me to hammer out whatever deal comes across. And I, I think that's the smart way to approach it from his standpoint. And I hope for his sake, because I think we all like Derek very much, that there is a lot of interest out there for him on the open market. But it begs the question, of course, and maybe we get a little bit more in-depth on this today, and I definitely want to get Gordon's viewpoint on it. How much do the Jazz want Derek Favors to return? What would be the what would be the tipping point? What type of player? Is it multiple players? Because um, the Jazz have that luxury, which we've talked about a lot, that they can put their toe in the water, see what's out there, and Derek can be their backup plan. And I don't mean for that to to sound like a, uh, I'm I'm downgrading Derek Favors. It's just the timing of it all, right? They the, he's the backup plan because it's a they great can, backup. Plan. They can make their decision on him later. And yes. I, I'm, I'm totally with you, Austin. That's that's a pretty terrific safety net because you know what you're getting. You know what you're getting from a production standpoint, from a teammate standpoint, from a, a behavior standpoint, from a chemistry standpoint, all known commodities and all um, very valuable to the Utah Jazz. And you and I both know, Austin, from people that, uh, that certainly we've talked to and around the franchise that the, the team, especially now, is very, very high on Derek Favors. So, uh, you know, they're not going to just not pick up his option unless there's, there's something uh, certainly more worthwhile to do with that money. So my question, and, and let's get the listener's perspective on this. You can tweet us at Jake Scott's own, at Austin Horton, at Gordon Monson as well. We can take some open mics. We always like to do that on the Zone Sports Network app. Download that sucker if you haven't already. Go to the open mic feature and uh, fire off up to 15 seconds of audio. It goes to, right to Austin there in the control room. How much? How much do you want Derek Favors back as a member of the Utah Jazz? What would have to come along to make you say, "All right, Derek, it's been a good run, but it's time to part ways"? What would that have to be? I think most people would be in agreement that Tobias Harris, a, a talent like that, if you have the opportunity, you say, "Thanks for your service, Derek. Good luck wherever else you go. You know, we'll always be cheering for your success." But. Where does that line? Where is that line drawn? And Austin, you um, are extraordinarily high on Derek Favors. You have been probably as long as I've known you. You've been um, uh, high on him as a as not a player, teammate, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I'm a Derek Favors fan, right? For so sure. I would be curious, kind of, where your thought is on this, given your such high opinion on him and his game. Uh, well, it is. I, in fact, when you mentioned Dan Devine was on today, and I uh, said to him, because he mentioned how much he thought the Jazz fans were going to miss Jay Crowder, because mm-hmm. he knows what a great fan guy Jay Crowder is, right. and how that was probably the fans' least favorite part of the Mike Conley trade once it goes down, is Jay Crowder will be will be gone. And not to say Grayson and Kyle aren't either, but Jay Crowder was definitely a fan favorite. And I said Derek Favors would be 10 times that. But it may be a necessary 
not to make it dramatic, but casualty in order to improve the team and take it to a championship contending level. Because while Derek Favors is a phenomenal uh, player, and I think he's better at the five than the four. Mm -hmm. I think that he may have come around to that himself now. A couple years ago, he wanted nothing to do with being called a five. He wanted to be a power forward, period. I think he's come around to that. Uh, It's kind of redundant at times to have both he and Rudy Gobert in in a lot of ways that this team goes. Uh, And where they're missing is a big who can stretch the floor. And as much as I love Derek Favors and his energy and his personality and his quiet leadership and what he does on both the defensive and offensive side, in this day and age, in this era of NBA ball, to be elite, you've got to have that big that can shoot it from far away. And Derek Favors has now tried it kind of for two seasons. It's not really in his wheelhouse. And if they're going to run him back, he's going to have to keep doing that Mm -hmm. and improve on it somehow, some way some way and I don't see enough improvement there for it to be worth saying no to a Tobias Harris right, right, right. or even to if we want to talk about a Nikola Miritich and now here's where I'll couch that if it's straight Derek Favors is gone and Miritich is coming in that's not enough for me not even close you don't like it no but if it's Miritich and another guy or two that can add and play and make the team better I think that I will be sad to see Derek Favors go but excited to see the Jazz win more games. Okay, so I I think you you bring up another uh, number of very interesting points, Austin, with the Miritich thing, and I, I'm glad you brought up that name because I think that that's where the line gets fuzzy, right? With Derek Favor, uh, Tobias Harris, that's an easy answer. You bring in Tobias Harris, I I think probably 99 out of 100 listeners would say, yeah, that's certainly an upgrade to the roster, and you say thanks, Derek, and and have and have a good one. But Miritich, that's interesting because he's a real one-trick pony, right? I mean, you're he couldn't guard the chair that Austin is sitting on right now because it's a tall chair and it it has game. That's quick. It is quick. It it can roll. Uh, very, very okay. I'm sorry. So Ennis Cantor couldn't guard it for sure. No, because no. this chair will roll. It it will on roll. the offensive yeah. end. Ennis would would really struggle uh, with that chair. So so Nickel is an interesting one because he does solve the need you're talking about stretch four, right? Uh, but he doesn't do a whole lot else, and he certainly isn't going to play backup center, which is exactly which is Derek's most important role on the team right now. Role. Uh, I, I'm telling you, we use that word a lot, Austin. I've we, ruined the we word. We use yes. that word a lot. <laughs> and the, I've ruined the word, and the word has ruined my life. Yes. But but here's the thing. Miritich, I don't think, is going to cost $17 million. I could be wrong about that. Um, if he does, don't pay him. Yeah, don't. No, I, that's that's certainly overpaying him. So what what would you do left over to replace that backup center role? Cause I, I, and I think you're right on the money with that. So in order for, um, in my opinion— uh, you, the Jazz to be okay to say goodbye to Derek Favors if, if we're talking about Nikola Mirotic, that's a big part of the question. Is is Epe Udo enough, for example, re-signing him? I would say probably not. But what other backup center-type players are out there and what caliber of guy could you get to complement, say, Nikola Mirotic? I think you have to start in-house and hope and pray that Tony Bradley is right. something. But and right now he's not. He's not there right now. Oh, I don't think. I don't. Yeah, I don't think Tony Bradley and can so be. And so you have to go center. somewhere else, right? And I guess here also, Derek Favors to me is more is better than a backup five. 
Oh, I agree. And I think he, he thinks that, and rightfully so. He's the best backup five in the league by far. But I if mean, this were NBA 2K, we'd have him be the backup five, and that's it. But it's tough to... That's real life, though. Yeah, and it's tough to, con- you know, $17 million to pay a backup center. That's mm-hmm. steep. Mm-hmm. And so uh, out there, if you went if you went small and needed a backup five, oh, I don't know, Jake. You'd have to bring in someone at the, at the smallest possible bargain you could get for yeah. them that would also service you uh, your needs in that manner. And I don't know if that exactly fits or exists. You might have to strike gold or just kind of slap a Band-Aid together when you need a backup five and go small for the most point, yep. most part. But on the other, so on the other side, let's let's talk about if they keep Derek Favors, which which limits their their financial uh, flexibility quite a bit. How is, the the missing piece of the puzzle, in my opinion, in that in that scenario, is how do you replace Jay Crowder? Because you the the Jazz Jay was Jay was in a lot of in all of basically the Jazz most effective offensive line uh, lineups last year. He was. And in fact, some of those lineups were amongst the best in the NBA offensively, interestingly enough. So that that position needs to be replaced regardless. And I know, you know, they, they drafted somebody that looks an awful lot like Jay Crowder, but a second rounder certainly is not going to be uh, relied upon for, for that position next year. So is if you keep Derek Favors, and, and uh, just to tease Dan Devine's uh, piece on the ringer, because I thought it was really good, he went through, Austin, I know you tweeted this out, went through maybe some of the, um, the non-focused-on free agents that are going to be out there. And so if you keep it Derek Favors, would you have enough money with that uh, exception to get, say, Thaddeus Young? That's one of the names he threw out there. Right. And I, I don't know. He'd have to take a bargain. He would. And want to play here for right. less. Right. But if he did, if that's somebody that the Jazz could land while also keeping Derek Favors, that's a W. That That is more than satisfactory in my mind. But, you know, it. I don't think it's quite as simple, Austin, as we were exploring this. I don't think it's quite as simple as keep him or let him go. There's a lot more that is out there, and if they keep him, they still have to replace Jay Crowder. And if they let him go, do they replace him with multiple players or just one big big dog? Thaddeus Young's especially interesting because he's very, very, very similar in style of play to Derek Favors, but he has a little bit more of a stretch to it. A little bit, not much, but a little, but a bit little more. bit. Yeah. So I, I like that idea. Uh, it's not like you said; it is not as simple as cut and dry as favors or no favors, and then right. you move on from there. Because uh, there's all there's 30 other teams or 29 other teams, 30 total. So that'd be 29 other teams right. that are also trying to build their teams. And Keith Smith, not Kevin Smith, joined you last week and said 40 percent of the league is going to be free agents, and at some point. There's going to be a guy, a veteran guy, who can do what you need to do, maybe not exactly or perfectly how you need it to be done, but can give you somewhat of what you need, and he'll have to take a bargain because there's no one else knocking at the door. The problem for the Jazz is I don't think that they can take the leftovers and explode into the Western Conference Finals. they got to get out there and get them first. All right, coming up. I'll, we've, I've got some reaction pouring in on Twitter. Keep that coming, at Jake Scott Zone, at Austin Horton, uh, if you want to include Gordon, at Gordon Monson. So I want to get to some of that reaction coming up right around the corner, and then uh, we'll talk about kind of overall NBA stuff that's going on, why, uh, why folks are a little uh, perturbed at the Washington Wizards today. We will get into that straight ahead. It is the big show, Gordon Monson, who will be along shortly, Jake Scott, Austin Horton, of course, hanging out with you right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Roll! 
Sports. This is DJ and PK. Time now to talk college football with Phil Steele. Well, certainly with BYU, the way they do things as an independent, they have to schedule tough forecasts as far as what they can do just in the first month. Only team in the country to play four Power 5 teams in the first four weeks of the season. They're probably going to end up an underdog in all four of those games. But I like this BYU squad. They've got 17 returning starters coming back and really impressed with Zach Wilson. I think if Zach Wilson can continue to keep that arrow pointed upward and improve, they've got the potential here. And I think they could steal a game or two. So my official call on the opening four games is going to be either one or two wins, and that would probably involve two upsets. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I'm looking into this too much, but Mike Conley played a lot of his career with two bigs with Zebo and Marcus Hall, and they did it at a very good level. You think maybe they brought him in not just because of his shooting, but his ability to play with two bigs on the court with Favors and Gobert. Maybe they're keeping Favors. Conley off the double team. Gasol, a little bump from Aldridge. The jumper goes down. Mark Gasol from the outside. And that's a welcome sight for the Grizzlies. Change made by David Fitzdale. Gasol. Conley a three. Randolph, isolation with Lee, nudges his way in for the bucket. Selden has a free baseline, blocked by Gasol, Randolph lines up a three. Very interesting open mic right there. Welcome on back, Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Gordon will be here shortly. Band of the Day today, Motley Crue, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. I selected Motley Crue because we were talking about it earlier. You know what I learned from that book? This song, uh, Nikki Six uh, overdosed and nearly died, or basically died for several minutes, and they brought him back with the the what do they call the that? Kickstarted his heart. Yeah, with and the the paddles. Yeah, and that thus he wrote this song, Kickstart My Heart. It was, I guess, autobiographical. Wow, I lo- this is my favorite Crue song. Oh, I love this song. You know, you know what I think about when I hear this song, though. Kind of a funny Adriana story. Lima. No. Oh, I saw that. So uh, uh, Vince Neal opened for Poison once at uh, out at Usana, and uh, Vince, let's just say, was not in the the most sober of conditions when he went on to open, and uh, so he forgot the words to that song. I'm not even kidding, or or maybe he didn't forget and was just slurring horribly but it just sounded like oh yeah i swear to you he nearly fell off the stage bad karaoke performance so bad we're just sitting there looking around like oh vince that's rough he doesn't look thirsty speaking of that we we heard him uh messing up that song so badly we all thought yeah now's the time to go to the bathroom and get uh <laughs> get a beverage and and maybe a snack because we're not gonna we're not gonna There's miss a much legend here. in the house you're like ah bathroom break time to get time to time to go i don't think we're gonna miss much uh miss much here uh, but anyway, there you go, Motley Crue, man of the day. We're talking a little bit about Derek Favors, and I want to get to some o- overall NBA stuff, but we got some good reaction, and our listeners always give us good reaction, especially when we ask for it. How much do you value Derek Favors, and w- how do you feel about him going or staying? 
and we kind of we kind of uh, you know put the conversation out there because the favors is a big part of the jazz flexibility it's it's not his fault it's just how his contract is structured and when the jazz have to make the decision uh, whether or not to use his money basically elsewhere. And we kind of put it this way, Austin, you know, I think most everybody out there, if the the Jazz had a shot to get Tobias Harris, but had to say goodbye to Derek Favors, uh, you know, in the process, most everybody would say, well, you got to do that. But outside of Tobias or, you know, Kawhi Leonard, you know, where's that line for you uh, on on your decision on whether or not you would endorse Derek Favors coming back or staying, and uh, coming back or leaving? Excuse me. And we got some interesting feedback. Uh, first, talking about that open mic that you heard coming into the segment, I, I think it's a really interesting point that. And, and you're right, Mike Conley played um, the majority of his career, certainly the most successful parts with with two bigs, and Zach Randolph and Marcus Saul. And I have no doubt that that could be useful to a lineup uh, with the Jazz that had Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert. So I do agree with that. However, and Austin, you can tell me if you think I'm crazy on this, but even in the short time that Zach Randolph has not been on the Memphis Grizzlies, it feels to me like the, the NBA game has shifted a little bit. And you just don't see teams... I mean, off the top of your head, Austin, can you think of a team out there that starts two bigs? That starts two big bigs, you know, not, two, not starts two fives. There's a couple that play them some heavy minutes together, but not not nothing jumps out that starts. Right, a lot a lot has changed in the NBA over those past four and five years, and so I I agree with the take at at its premise, but I do think that if uh, if that were to happen today, I think even Memphis would be looking to go a different direction because the league has just changed from that standpoint. So. Um, I like where your head's at, but I, I would be surprised if the Jazz were really um, thinking about that in their decision-making process here. Is that fair, Austin? It is. And the other thing I would add is Zach Randolph, with the, his last season with the Grizzlies was 16-17. And that year was kind of the year they really tried him to stretch it a little more, was his final season yeah. there with the Grizzlies. And uh, he shot, let's see, 22% from three uh, during the season, and the Grizzlies went 43-39. and 39. So while yeah. the, the, the open mic from Dan is correct that Conley did spend many years with Gasol and Randolph, they only tried Randolph stretching it like the Jazz have been trying to do with Derek Favors for a season, and it did not go very and well. And it didn't go terrifically well. All right, let's get some uh, some other feedback from some listeners out there. What did you think about this one, Austin? This one's coming in from Brandon, who says, maybe we should not have overpaid Joe Ingles. Whoa, Brandon. That's Sir Joe Ingles to you now. And I know Overpaid? I know Joe Ingles is a, is a fan favorite, but I, I would not call Joe Ingles overpaid. I think they got him on a good dark, uh, a good deal or bargain there, didn't they? I think Joe Ingles is uh, a part of the solution, not part of the problem, because he is really what he is is exactly what the NBA is really valuing nowadays, and that's a three and D wing. That's a that's a wing with some size that can stay in front of somebody and then knock knock down open threes, and Joe fits that role to a T. I mean, yeah. That, yes, he does. And Joe, by the way, let's uh, if we're before we call him overpaid, let's look at his contract and what he's got left on it. Austin, he's making eleven four next year, and then ten three the year after. That's not overpaid. 
it, it may have felt overpaid when you heard that he was making was it forty million was his contract or total, so right uh, during that Hayward right. for agency summer. Uh, but then I think what you're. I think what the tweeter is saying here is a recency uh, bias in his memory because Joe was asked to do things last season that he should never have been asked to right. do. Right. Uh, uh, Create uh, a shot should never have to be on Joe's to-do list. Yep. Duties that he's not really sued for, nor is he being paid for, by the way. His salary right now is less than 10% of the cap. Joe's making less than 10% of your money? Yeah, that's... He's not overpaid. He's making less than 10% of the team's total cap. Right. And what percentage of the core is Joe Ingles? Certainly more than 10. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think he's on a bargain there. Uh, so I just disagree with you, Brandon. I do appreciate uh, appreciate the feedback. And uh, to his point, if they had let Joe Ingles go, they'd have that money to spend elsewhere. I just, I, I don't think you can spend that money better elsewhere. Maybe you could. But I think Joe is a is a bargain at that rate, in my opinion. Uh, let's see here. Spiff says, I love Faves. He is very undervalued. Uh, Ute Shasta Trailer, our good friend, tweets in. He says, uh, I've said it before, but I think uh, it would be in Derek's best interest to trade him to a team where he can be a starting five rather than to make him something he just obviously isn't a stretch four. Uh, the Jazz, not likely going to trade Derek, I would think, at this point. But I, I don't disagree, actually, entirely with that take. It might be in Derek's best interest to go play for a team that will use him as a starting five. Because it will, it will highlight what he's good at, more so than a reserve five with the Jazz and a hybrid four kind of round uh, square peg round hole type of thing so i i don't entirely disagree with that take but it does bring me back to where derek's value has a ton of value and that's his ability to adjust to what the team needs which i i think he has done very very well uh, but just for example austin we we've been talking about derek's value to the team and and how high it is think of derek's game when tyrone corbin was here Remember all the back to the basket stuff that Derek used to do and really was developing yes. and 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 I mean was that was his value to the team was his back to the basket game his mid range jump shot game so when that Quinn, free throw line jumper was spot on he, yeah. he did it all the time when Quinn Snyder came along they've they've taken the post game completely out of the Jazz game plan I mean think Austin how many actual back to the basket plays can you remember from the Jazz season on last purpose year? zero. Right. Pretty Maybe close. some late shot clock, oh, the ball fell into your lap, your back's to the basket, do it. Type of stuff. But it's not. It's certainly not what the Jazz are trying to do. So they, they've basically taken that away from him, and he's still managed to find uh, his way to contribute mightily to the team. I think I think there's a lot of value there in in and of itself, but I don't I don't disagree with you, Chasta Trailer's take that Derek could probably find a better fit for himself on a different team in the NBA. I'll throw it just a, not not a disagreement, but a little edge or flavor that's different from on that. Derek's best interest, in my opinion, at this point of his career is to go where he will win the most games and have the most success. I think he's made his money. I think that he's uh, had all that, and I don't think he. You could probably make more money, but do you really need more money or do you want to win more? It would be in Derek's best interest if he's interested in money and playing time and, and fame and to be the guy to go elsewhere and be the starting five. It's in Derek's best interest if he wants to be part of something that might go on and win to stay and make $17 million as the backup five. But it may not be in the Jazz best interest to have a backup center that makes $17 million. 
What if he could go to Golden State and start at five? Mm, Golden State's not as shiny today as it was six weeks ago. Mm, no, but they still have the big three. They're still a title contender, and he could be the starting center on that team. Well, then that would be in his best interest. So, and maybe have a role. What if it's the Lakers, and he's backing up, uh, what's his name, Anthony Davis, or they play him at the five and Davis at the four? And I think they want to play Davis at the four, actually, well, which then, I don't necessarily agree with. But would that that's be in his best interest? Probably. Because they should probably win some. But what? would it be fun to play for LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Jeannie Buss? Probably, but in that case, he'd have to make the veterans minimum, which would be... Less money. A substantial <laughs> pay cut for Derek Favors. So I, he would have to define best interest. Right. And I, I guess his agent did define it, and he's going to go about it as an unrestricted free agent mindset. But as far as Derek's made his money, have you ever made your money, really? I haven't. Isn't that, isn't that a, always going to be a big factor? I always tell this to Gordon, but what, what would happen if uh, President Trump stopped at his first billion? You know? Can you ever really make enough to satisfy? Him, have, have we verified his first billion? Or is that, is that, seems, I'm just asking. Uh, I guess I haven't personally seen his tax returns, okay. no. Right. But I think you have under- you seen his birth certificate? <laughs> I think, nice, Austin. Don't get political. Austin. I'm sorry. You understand? You what opened I'm, the door and I kicked it down. You understand what I'm saying? Although a 17 mil is, pl- is plenty for Derek. I mean, he should be absolutely thrilled financially if the Jazz pick up that option. Uh, for, selfishly, for Derek Favors, I think he should be the starting five somewhere. Yes. Uh, a lot of love. Steve Young says, "Love me some flavor faves. Keep the Wasatch front." Um, let's see. Keep it coming. Keep the feedback. Uh, keep the feedback coming in at Jake Scott's own at Austin Horton. Clint says Derek Favors is a very desirable player. As Cinderella would say, "You don't know what you got till it's gone." You a Cinderella fan? We're playing the crew today. Sure. The 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 eighties hair metal hits. Sure. All right. So we'll get we'll get to more of your feedback. I do want to get to the other NBA news. We'll get to that straight ahead. Jay Drew, top of the four o'clock hour. It is the big show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy Gobert. Is he the most important player to the Utah Jazz? I would say at the moment he remains that. For all these people saying he was rewarded for crying about not getting an all-star berth. Seriously, I think he's long since recovered from Tony making him cry. I'm glad that you tell the truth because that's exactly what happened that day. Tony's a bully. I was there shooting video of this. It's been viewed hundreds of thousands of times. Tony Parks making Rudy Gobert cry. I can't believe he's still working for this organization, to be honest. (laughs) And I cannot stand for it any longer. I don't believe in or stand for anything Tony Parks does. (laughs) Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Seven five twelve eighty the zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Gordon. 
not with us. He should be here shortly, we hope. Jay Drew is going to join us at the top of 4 o'clock hour. Stay tuned for that. Jay covers BYU for the Salt Lake Tribune. Want to remind you about our friends at Ivory Homes. As Utah's number one home builder, Ivory Homes brings experience, quality, and design to every home and community they build. Learn more at ivoryhomes.com. Uh, Austin, today everybody is angry at the Washington Wizards. Well, at least uh, all the Laker haters out there are angry at the Washington Wizards today as the uh, Wizards have basically agreed to be the third team in the Anthony Davis trade. And uh, they're going to get rid of uh, Mo Wagner, uh, uh, Isaac Bonga, and uh, uh, Jamario Jones are going to Washington as part of the Anthony Davis trade, meaning now the Lakers have – oh, and also Anthony Davis is waiving his $4 million trade kicker. Uh, So that means that the Lakers now have a grand total of four players on their roster now. Austin, can you name all four Laker players Let's take a shot. Uh, How about LeBron? LeBron. Uh, AD. Anthony Davis. Uh, I'm out. Well, your boy Kuz. Oh, yeah, they kept him. My my guy. uh, Well, Kyle Kuzma, you know, he played at Utah. He's he's a Utah son. He's all all of our guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And then my very favorite player in the NBA is their fourth guy. And who might that be? Oh, uh, he had a, a spectacular performance in Salt Lake City last year. That's my that's my last clue for you. I don't. That's... Alex Caruso. Oh, I thought he was not. I thought he was an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I don't think so. Not according to uh, not according to what. Now they may have an option on him. Oh, okay. Because he was. Uh, uh, what an undrafted signing or whatever. I'll be a, I'll be his fan when he punts. When he finally decides to punt, I'll be a fan of Alex Caruso. See, I think it's a I think it's a strategy on his part. Like if I just look like a a balding regular dude, Elders Corn president, right? Everybody's just going to underestimate me, right? And then I just go out there and dunk in their face. He had some pretty wild plays last year when he actually got to play. Sure, like some pretty athletic stuff that you just looked at and you're like, okay. All right, you know, the bowling team guy shouldn't be able to go out there and, and get that done. Caruso, your nachos are ready, Caruso. Seriously. <laughs> I, I, I bought the loaded nachos, guys, and an extra pitcher of beer. Mmm, beer. Now I'm going to go dunk in your face. Uh, he's a very unassuming look uh, is what he's got there, yeah. Love Alex Caruso. Yeah, he, he needs to punt. It's time to shave it. So now the Lakers have $32 million in cap space, which is basically enough for a max contract for the seven to nine year experience guys. If they wanted a, a 10 plus guy like Kevin Durant, they, they couldn't afford that. But we're talking, you know. Does Jimmy fit into that? Jimmy does. Kawhi Leonard does. Uh, Kimball Walker does. You know, those types of players, now they, they do have room to go out and sign that guy. Uh, uh, Kyrie Irving, they would have room to go out and sign that player. Or use that $32 million to sign several players and fill out the roster. My so, guess is the Lakers are, are going big game hunting, right? Well, okay, but so they go big game hunting, then they have five guys on their roster. Correct. You have to have 13. You need eight more guys for eight bucks and a Coke? You're uh, going to find that? Uh well uh, you, they're gonna have to go with um, with vet minimum guys I mean that, that's what they're gonna do so welcome back Lance Stevenson hey Mello get off the banana boat bruh come play for the Lakers 
Uh, Lloyd and I were were laughing earlier when we were watching the NBA jump uh, on uh, on ESPN, and they had Matt Barnes on there, and we thought next year Matt Barnes back to the Lakers. Hit that treadmill, Matty. Coming back, Matt Barnes. L.A. Laker. Derek Fisher while we're at it. Those two will get along well. Derek will will, uh, make another uh, reappearance. Yeah, why not? He and Matt Barnes, they're good friends. Be some fireworks on that bench. (laughs) So so if that's the case, so we're LeBron, Anthony Davis, and let's say, just for heck's sake, Jimmy Butler. Okay. Is that enough to carry the the other— And Kuzma. You keep forgetting about (sighs) Kuzma. Kuzma. Is that enough to carry the other nine guys to a title? No, I don't think so. I don't either. Um, now it's a start. LeBron's like sixty-two. It's a start, I suppose. You know what it is, Austin? Is it's Miami year one when they signed all those guys and uh, LeBron? Except they were in their twenties then. Right, right, right. But I, I'm talking financially. And, and remember, Miami year one. Uh, you remember who the starting point guard on that team was? Uh, was it uh, not Shabazz Napier? It, uh, Norris Cole? No. Who was nope. it? Who was it? The pride. Of Puerto Rico. Carlos Arroyo? Carlos Arroyo. I didn't know that. Yeah. Jiffy Lube's own. Jiffy Lube's own. Man, I felt bad for them. That that There's an old reference going back a ways there, Austin, when uh, Jiffy Lube. Was it Lunchboxes? Yes. That they did? They did a- The day a, before. A big promotion. A big promotion with Lunchboxes. Carlos Arroyo Lunchboxes. And then he gets traded the next day. Poor Jiffy. Actually, well, the value of those lunchboxes exploded. Well, now they're they're one of a kind. I Instead suppose. of a dollar, they're two dollars. Yeah. You know who was the most grateful that the Jazz didn't uh, acquire Mike Conley midseason last year was the good folks at Vivint because they had just filmed all those awesome commercials. But Ricky Rubio had a prominent role in uh, like two of those, right? Yeah, the that one and then the one he's dancing downstairs yeah, in the music video. The only one they could have uh, aired was the Jay Crowder uh, Many Rudy's one, which actually was my favorite. Really? Yeah, more one. than the cat guy? Oh, I thought the I thought I thought the artwork absolutely stole the show for the Many Rudy's. I I've got Many Rudy's. I was surprised to learn that was actual artwork. Hanson Scotty's show got a piece of it and yeah. uh, auctioned it off. Not auctioned it off. They gave it away to a gave school. Gave it away to a French teacher. Yeah. So, I, I so thought it was cool. just all computer generated. I didn't know it was actual artwork. Right. That's pretty cool. I don't. Uh, a yeah. good a good defense is many Rudy's. Uh, but anyway, that I do is, want to ask Rudy aside. about the crystal, though, that he was wearing yeah. around his neck. But that Miami team had the big three and a bunch of nobody, including, you know, Carlos Arroyo. Because they couldn't afford to to go out and uh, and supplement the big three, and then of course, a- as time went on, they 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 made moves for Ray Allen, and they they supplemented uh, that roster, and eventually, obviously, got to a couple of titles. So the Lakers are going to have to do something similar. But it appears now that they have enough money to go out there and go a little big game hunting. All right, coming up next. We're going to talk to Jay Drew. He covers the BYU Cougars for the Salt Lake Tribune. We'll ask Jay about a, a bunch of stuff, uh, possibly the AAC stuff that's out there. Also, fallout from BYU Media Day. It's all straight ahead with Jay Drew from the Salt Lake Tribune here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.